Hey, everyone. Kara here from The Kara Golden Show. Look, I've started and scaled companies, but when I first started podcasting, figuring out the workflow for this business was a real challenge. There were so many moving parts that I needed to learn from scheduling and recording to editing and promoting each episode. But once I streamlined the process, things got easier. I was able to focus more on bringing in amazing guests and delivering great content, which was such a relief. Thinking about this experience reminded me of the challenges many face managing their business every day. Whether you are the CEO or working supporting one, you need the right tools to streamline processes, especially when it comes to shipping and handling orders. That's where ShipStation comes in. ShipStation makes it easy to manage your shipments from all your sales channels. ShipStation automates tasks, prints shipping labels in bulk, and keeps your customers informed, freeing up your time to focus on growing your business. If you're looking for a way to simplify shipping and make your business more efficient, ShipStation is the solution. With ShipStation, you can integrate with all the places you sell online, optimize your shipping, save costs and time too. Personally, ShipStation has been a lifesaver for me. Its automation features allow me and my team to manage orders from anywhere, print shipping labels from just a click. Yes, it's that easy. And the cost savings? Unbelievable with discounts up to 89% off carrier rates. And who wouldn't want that? Plus, an easy-to-use dashboard, robust reporting. Oh, and did I mention that over 130,000 companies have leveraged ShipStation to grow their businesses as well? ShipStation just makes it easier so your business can grow. And yes, even when you're on your summer vacation, ShipStation is it. Work less and ship more with ShipStation, the innovative tool that helps turn your shipping challenges into opportunities for growth. Go to ShipStation.com and use code CARA, K-A-R-A, to sign up for your free 60-day trial. That's ShipStation.com, code CARA. Use code CARA for a free 60-day trial. That's ShipStation.com, promo code CARA. We all control what kind of teammates we are. It takes no talent to be a great teammate. I am unwilling to give up. That I will start over from scratch as many times as it takes to get where I want to be. I want to be. You just want to make sure you will get knocked down, but just make sure you don't get knocked out. Knocked out. So your only choice should be go focus on what you can control. 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 Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Kara Golden Show. Join me each week for inspiring conversations with some of the world's greatest leaders. We'll talk with founders, entrepreneurs, CEOs, and really some of the most interesting people of our time. Can't wait to get started. Let's go. Let's go. Hi, everyone. It's Kara Golden from The Kara Golden Show. I'm so excited to have my next guest here. We have Austin Hatch, who is the founder of Overcome It. He is an amazing, amazing human and uh, also is an incredible motivational speaker, too. If you are looking for somebody to come in and talk a little bit about 
uh, resilience and and determination and uh, getting over some incredible hurdles. Uh, Austin is your person. He's overcome so many hurdles. And this is a guy that has grit and resilience. And we actually met through a mutual friend, um, Scott McGregor, who you know really inter- called attention to Austin and his journey, and and I'm really really thrilled to have him here. So welcome, Austin. Thank you so much, Kara. I really appreciate having me on. It's really an honor and a privilege to be with you today. So thank you. Absolutely. So let's start with your story. So you grew up in in the Midwest. And uh, you and I were talking a little bit before about how you, you know, had an incredible time growing up with uh, your siblings and uh, you played some basketball hoops till late at night. Tell me a little bit about where did you kind of learn that resilience? I, I, I was an athlete growing up as well. And I always say that, you know, naturally sort of setting goals for yourself um, to keep getting better, keep getting better, always knowing that, you know, you want to play with the people that are a little bit better than you all the time, mm-hmm. that those kind of things help you to build teams, help you to build resilience. But I'm curious, what is your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think, um, I think just, uh, learning to compete every day, um, is really important. And obviously in sports, it's important to learn to compete. And obviously you're competing against the other team and yourself in a way to be the best that you can be. But also I think yeah, just taking every day as as an opportunity to get better. Um, and you're never as good as you think you are. There's always somebody out there who's working harder than you. Um, so that kind of pushes you as an athlete when you're young to, you know, work hard to be the best that you can be. And yeah, I'm so, so grateful to have the, the upbringing and childhood that I did. And yeah, just love, love playing sports. And yeah, definitely that, that competitive uh, mindset, you know, for that I learned from sports apply, definitely translated over um, to other areas of life as well. I love it. That's that's amazing. So, talk to me a little bit about the timeline. So, uh, the, you you had not one plane crash, but two plane crashes. I mean, that's amazing and scary at the same time. So, talk to me about the first one. When when did this happen? Yeah. So tragically, um, you know, I had an amazing family, as I was telling telling you before. Um, you know, my mom Julia was an incredible homemaker for you know our family and my, my sister Lindsay was a, a great ballerina had such a bright future to look forward to and did great in school and um had so much so much opportunity ahead of her and little brother Ian was only was young he was only five at the time um of the first plane accident tragically but yeah that accident claimed the lives of my mom Julie who was 38 at the time my dad's high school sweetheart they were they were married 18 years at that point um my, my sister Lindsay was 11 as I said and uh, little brother Ian was only five and yeah, incomprehensible loss. But um, yeah, my dad and I found a way to keep moving forward. And, you know, obviously for my dad, it was different, um, you know, losing a wife and children. I can't imagine what it was like to lose a wife and children. I'm married now. I've been married three years, only only three years, but hopefully three years on the way to about 63. Um, but yeah, you know, I just, um, he, he kind of showed me the way, showed me how it's done um, and led by example. So, and, and so you were how old? I was eight years old, about to, t- to turn nine. Wow. I mean, in, in, incredible. And what it, so at that time, so you're raised by your father at this point. And what, what do you think were the key things that 
obviously you were a young kid. What did you think about the future? I mean, what, how did you think about it? And obviously your dad had a huge impact on it, but when you think about resilience and, and grit, I mean, so many people I think would just give up at this point. I mean, how did you continue to move forward? Yeah, well, my dad led me by example. And I think leading by example is the most powerful, one of the most powerful ways to lead. Obviously, we got to show or, you know, for those in leadership positions like yourself, um, maybe this is not fitting for me to say, but I feel like, you know, there are times when you got to, you know, ask people to do things, ask people to fulfill their responsibilities. But, you know, also what I've learned from my dad and Coach Beeline at Michigan, um, the example that they set for me is so important. And, you know, when I was as a young boy, you know, my dad, um, just, just the way he, the way he lived was one of the greatest men to ever live as far as I'm concerned. And, um, like just, just, he was just a good human being, a good human. With supply chains becoming more complex, you need to stay on top of the latest logistics developments. So if you work with logistics, you need the beyond the box podcast from Maersk. It's the easy way to keep up to date with everything from digital disruption and logistics to the need for supply chain resilience in today's market. Find out more and keep ahead of the game with the Beyond the Box podcast on logistics insights at maersk.com slash insights. Being in, um, he, the amazing thing about, about my dad, uh, maybe we'll talk about this more in a few minutes, but um, he left every person in every place he went a little better than he found it. And, I'm like that. If we can all do that, right? Maybe it's not. It's not by doing anything big. We're just by going a little out of our way to make somebody else's life a little bit better. Um, I feel like that's gonna. That's a recipe for to have a have a good life, a happy life, and um, and add a lot of value. However you choose to define that. So that's that's incredible. So the second plane crash, you were how old? I was 16. So my first one happened when I was eight. My dad was remarried a couple years later. We had a great blended family that restored some normalcy in my life. And um, I got to be pretty good at basketball. I was working really hard on my skills. And I, my dream was to always play for Michigan. And my, my, mom, my mom went to school and it's been in my family for years. I grew up going to football games at the big house in Ann Arbor when I was you know, really young. Um, and But then I you know, obviously lost. My mom was terrible, but still had this love for Michigan. And my dream came true on June 15, 2011, when Coach Beeline called me and offered me a scholarship to play for him at Michigan, which I accepted on the spot. I just finished my sophomore year of high school. And yeah, it was a dream come true, a dream come true. Wow. It's, it, it's incredible. So the, the second plane crash at age 16, uh, you were it, it, at that point, I mean, did you how did you think about life overall? I mean, at, at, after that moment, I read that you were you were in a coma for two months. Was that the first or the second plane crash? That was the second one. So the first one, I wasn't injured too bad. Um, just got had some really bad burns on my arms and hands. Um, but then the, the second one, I was almost killed. I was in a coma for two months with a traumatic head, head injury, punctured lungs, five broken ribs, fractured clavicles, broken pelvis. I had like a long list of injuries, right? Um, hematoma in my leg and in my, yeah. So I, I, I was in rough shape. Um, by the grace of God, you know, I, I went into a coma. It was good for my body to, to heal. That was the best thing for me at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, you know, I, I had a, so the crazy thing is, so my traumatic brain injury was the worst level seven traumatic brain injury 
one of the worst ones, the doctors at the hospital in Traverse City, Michigan, one of the worst head injuries they'd ever seen that, that came out of a coma. So I'm blessed to be here. And, you know, so my tra traumatic brain injuries are measured on a scale of one to seven, seven being the worst. Obviously, the average traumatic brain injury is severe, but levels one, two, and three have a pretty good chance of, you know, returning to normal life, regaining independence, things like that. And levels four, five, six, and seven have decreasingly smaller chances. Um, and set level sevens being the most severe, you know, the, the, no one knows what, what the future is going to hold necessarily. Um, it doesn't always look good, but my levels, mine was the worst level seven I've ever seen. They came out of a coma. I'm just so, I'm so blessed to be here. And it's how can you not be grateful when I experience something like that? And I'm so blessed right now to have the life that I do, get be married to the girl of my dreams and get to make a living by serving other people. I mean, I'm just, we're just so That's blessed. Incredible. It's hard, hard to imagine how life could be any better. So according to MIT statistician Arnold Barnett, the odds of surviving a plane crash with one fatality is one in 3.4 million. Surviving two is one in 11 quadrillion. And I mean, it's just, it's amazing what, you, what you've been through. So again, I think oftentimes when bad things happen in our life, certainly this is, you know, bad times 10, I think in many people's minds, people just stop. They get depressed. They don't know what, how to move on. And I think that you are a living example of somebody who's just decided you have to move on. Uh, you talk a lot about understanding the deeper reasons that drive our actions. And how do you train people to discover those underlying motivations? Yeah, I think being driven by a greater purpose is so important, but, but we need to work for something bigger than ourselves because I feel like if we're working this for ourselves, it's pretty likely that life's going to present us with adversity, opposition, challenge, trial, tribulation, what have you. That'll probably cause us to give up or give in because we don't have a driving force for why we do what we do. It's different for everybody, whether it's your faith, your family, your friends, your teammates, the organization you're a part of. Hopefully all of us are somewhat internally driven to be the best that we can be, but I think having a greater purpose is very important. You know, for me, when I was on those tough days in the hospital, I was, as I was coming out of the coma and had, had a long road to recovery ahead of me, I felt that how I responded to that adversity was a direct reflection of my family in heaven. And mm -hmm. how could I not give everything I had to the process, you know, if I was remember that every day. And I also felt that I owed it to the people, to my friends and family who were, put their life on hold to be there in the hospital to support me out of the goodness of their heart, it did no good for them. Maybe it was cool for them to be a part of a you know, cool story and support me. Maybe, maybe made them feel good, but they did it for me. And so I felt that the least that I could do um, is give my best, you know, give my all to, to make the greatest recovery possible. And that was my, my goal wasn't just to make a recovery. And yeah, I hope things work out. Um, you know, I was, my goal was to the competitor in me from sports, right? I wanted, I wanted to make the greatest recovery from a level seven traumatic brain injury that's ever been made by anyone ever. And I don't know. I just think every, every day, let's just every day, go big or go home. Like my dad always said. So, yeah, no, I, I absolutely love that. And I think people can learn so much from other people's examples and frankly, other people's tragedies along the way, when someone has fallen down or hits a difficult challenge what do you say to those people besides get back up? I mean, how do they get back up? I think it starts with setting little goals, right? So I, 
Coach Beeline from Michigan came to see me when I was in the hospital at RIC in Chicago. It's actually, it was renamed to the Shirley Ryan, you know, health or medical recoveries, rehabs on a Shirley Ryan something. Um, and I was, in a, I was in a wheelchair. I couldn't walk at this point. And coach came to see me and said, I can't wait to have you on my team someday, Austin. Whenever I'm able to get to Michigan, I can't wait to coach you. So I obviously I had a long way to go. I couldn't walk at this point. And he told me he can't wait to have me on his team at Michigan, one of the greatest universities in the world, right? But if I can't walk right now, I got to learn to walk first and then eventually learn mm -hmm. to jog and eventually learn how to run and eventually learn how to play basketball a little bit. So I got, if I want to get to Michigan, that's the, that, that's the ultimate goal. Check off little boxes on the way, learn how to walk first for me, literally, or for what other people you're all, everybody listening to this is dealing with some challenge. Carol, you're facing a challenge. Everybody's dealing mm -hmm. with something. And I think we can all just metaphorically speaking, learn to walk again. Just, just take a little step forward. And then another little step, another little step, another little step. And over time, I think we'll be in a good, a pretty good spot. I feel like so often people forget to celebrate their wins, right? And and I think I gained the most strength from actually looking back on those times where I I didn't think I was going to be able to do something, right? Whether it's whether it's uh you know, get my first job or or you know, tackle a big challenge around fundraising or whatever it is that seemed really scary to me at the time that when I look back, I gain a lot of strength by just knowing I actually got through it. So often, it might not have actually gone exactly the way that I had hoped or that I had kind of specked out in my mind. My goal was out there, but I was also pivoting along the way, right? Maybe things took longer for you to do it, but do you often find yourself looking back on that, that those times when things were challenging for strength? Yeah, you know, I think um, you mentioned pivoting. I, I think it's I think learning how to win in a different way is never a bad thing. Mm -hmm. Learning how to win in a different way is never a bad thing. You know, like I had this. So when I committed to Michigan on June fifteenth, accomplished my lifelong dream. I thought I was going to play my junior and senior year of high school, have a good high school career, and then go to Michigan and be a good player there and help the team win. But I was faced with an obstacle, and that made me pivot a little bit, right? And Obviously, I'm not grateful for for the obstacle or grateful for any any of that. But if, so if if winning, metaphorically speaking, would have been going to Michigan, having a good career, and helping the team win on the court, that wasn't possible for me after the accident, though. But winning, what what was winning to me was being a great teammate and filling my role in the team to help the team win. And so I was. I just made the decision, you know, I'm just going to find a way to get to Michigan. I don't know how I'm going to do it right now. Right at the time I was, I was starting my junior year of high school and I missed a year of school because the accident I was recovering. So it took a year longer to get to Michigan, but mm -hmm. I kind of just said, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to find a way. I don't know how, exactly how, but I'm going to find a way. And I think that's important in life too, a lot in business in anything. We have these lofty goals or whatever they may be. Maybe you want to double the size of the business in five years or, or, or whatever. Or you want to overcome this obstacle. We, may not, we don't always have to have a, a detailed game plan of exactly what we're going to do to accomplish that goal. I think a lot of the time, I think we just got to find a way. So, I absolutely agree. And 
you have so many incredible tools that you talk about of just not only finding the grit, but also, you know, finding the, the, the purpose, right. That you're, that you're really setting out to do. How, how were you able to kind of define your own purpose and how do you suggest for others that they find their purpose? If they're sitting here thinking, what, what is my purpose? I mean, I've never been in a plane crash or two plane crashes. I mean, what, what is my purpose? I make a decent living or maybe I've had too many failures. How, how do you move forward to find that? What's the first step? Yeah, I think, you know, every, everybody's purpose is different. And whether it's your faith, your family, your friends, your organization, your teammates, whatever it is, everybody's got a different greater purpose. And I, I think it's just, I think we have to have an honest, you know, self-assessment, self-reflection and to figure out what that is. Cause I, cause nobody, I, I can't tell you what yours is. You can't tell me what mine is or anybody else. Right. But I think it's just, if you, if you think about it, you know, maybe it's you, yeah. If, it, if it's your faith, your family, you know, for me on my road to recovery, it was honoring my family in heaven, as I mentioned before, and, and also mm-hmm. honoring the, and showing my appreciation for the people that were there to support me. Cause I could, I could say thank you to those people, but if I wasn't working hard to recover, that's, that doesn't really mean much. So I think, I think saying thank you and showing your gratitude are both important. And you don't want to show your gratitude and never say thank you, but you also don't want to say thank you. And then, yeah, yeah, I don't really act like you don't really care. You know what I mean? So I think just figuring out, finding that purpose is, and you just got to kind of, you know, tap into that, you know, it, it's your faith, your family, you know, your organization, it, whatever it is, I can't speak for everybody who's listening to this and I can't speak for you, but your, your purpose is something bigger than yourself. It's, you know, whatever that is, whatever you decide that is, I think it's just, just important to recognize that what's something, um, that you're willing to sacrifice for. I think, I think answering that question, what's something you're willing to sacrifice for? If it's your spouse, if it's your family, if it's your, your, you know, your faith and you want to live your life in accordance with scripture or, or whatever it is, it doesn't matter. I think your greater purpose is something you're, you're willing to sacrifice for. I love that. No, it's great. So the grit framework that you've developed, I, I love it. It's simple, um, but I think it's the simplest things are are usually the most successful, I think, in, in anything that we do in life. It's uh, it, standing for growth mindset, resilient, integrity, and team, first mentality. So I I love that. And I really, really think that it's something that everyone should look at. It also teaches us how to approach any circumstances that are out there when you think about, you know, trying to figure out resilience and and resolve along the way. So what's your hope for people? Like when people are coming to listen to you and they hear some of this, obviously people will recognize, you know, what you've been through, just getting through these these tragic times and and you know, losing family members, building on, um, you know, getting through really, really crazy um, situations, including two plane accidents. I mean, there's not very many of you out there that are able to sort of have that in your history. But what do you think is the key thing that people can learn along the way and that you're hopeful for? 
Yeah, well, so I so I talk about that GRIT acronym, but I talk about the growth mindset first and foremost. The growth mindset views adversity as opportunity. The growth mindset believes we can grow from anything we experience in life. I firmly believe that. The R, the R is the decision to be resilient. If you make the decision to be resilient, we focus on the things that we control, things like our attitude, our work ethic, our response to adversity. The I is integrity. And of course, you know integrity is about being honest and doing the right thing no one is looking. But I think especially in the context of overcoming any obstacle, really achieving any goal, especially as a team, integrity is about following through on our commitments and doing what we said we were going to do, especially when there's a change in circumstance. And um, you think about what Coach Beeline did for me, right? He felt the fact that he followed through on his commitment to me, despite the fact that our circumstances drastically changed after the second plane crash and I couldn't play. He did a Coach Beeline did a common thing in an uncommon way. He did a common thing in an uncommon way. And if we do that common thing in an uncommon way consistently, I believe we're going to leave people in places a little better than we found them. Last letter is T. T to me is the team first mentality. I think we should always think about the team first. Every person on every team, every person in every organization on the planet has a role. And that role is very important. Otherwise, that person wouldn't be on the team. I'm sure you can. I mean, you all have, you have people on your team. Every person matters. Every role matters. Mm-hmm. And so I felt that, you know, for me, I couldn't, I couldn't play at Michigan. I scored one point in four years. I actually care. I don't know if you, you assumed you were going to be having the conversation with a a Michigan record holder. I was in there. I'm in the mm-hmm. record books at Michigan, believe it or not. Wow. I'm in the, I'm in the record incredible. books. I'm the all time lowest scoring full scholarship athlete in program <laughs> history. <laughs> I, hey, I love it. But if what I could do to serve my teammates, right. It was, it was shag balls in practice on low bugs on road trips, rebound and shoot on before games. I, if that was my role, that was my role. So I think those grit, that, that grit, that growth mindset, the resilience, the integrity, the team versus mentality. I can't say if we have those things, we're gonna. It's gonna guarantee you that we win, but those things are all a hundred percent in our control. We can't make every shot, metaphorically speaking. The market's gonna do what the market's gonna do. COVID's gonna do what it's gonna do. Like things are gonna be challenging, but if we can control our attitude, our work ethic, our mindset, our follow through, and our, our mentality, we, can, we, can, we all control what, what kind of teammates we are. It takes no talent to be a great teammate, no title to be a great teammate. That. You know, so. Yeah, you know, it's a blessing to be able to share some perspective about the things that I've learned along my journey, both from the road to recovery, um, from the injuries I suffered in the tr- second tragic plane accident, and also from the uh, my time at Michigan, being, being a teammate there, being a part of the Michigan organization. So, yeah, it's a blessing to be able to serve and add value um, to, a ver- to a variety of organizations. Well, I think something else that you touched on, which I think is really, really important, is, is uh, the mindset of chin up. And, and figure out how to move forward and also look at life as your journey, not so seriously, because certainly you've added humor to, you know, your life too. the ability to laugh at yourself at, to mm-hmm. some extent, right. As you, mm-hmm. you know, just because you're not number one in, in something, it doesn't mean that you can't be number one in something else. And I think that that is, uh, that is, is something that, Look, people want to be around that too. People always say like, "Oh, I want to be with the best." Well, I think your ability to to laugh at yourself and and uh, not take yourself so seriously too, but also have that grit and determination is is quite enjoyable. So, you certainly, Austin, your message is nothing short of inspirational, and your advice and the whole grit system is. So actionable. I, I really, really loved uh, seeing it. Where can more people find out about you and also just about your system? 
Yeah. So um, more information is on my website, www.austin-hatch.com. Austin-hatch.com. Um, there's more information there. Um, I'm also on LinkedIn, of course. You know, you can. Would love to connect with any anyone who listens to this. Would, would love to. Would love to connect. Would be honored and grateful for an opportunity to serve any of your teams um, whenever it would add the most value. So yeah, just you know, it's really fun to be. Um, building this business to impact and inspire as many people as we possibly can, one person at a time, one person at a time. And Carrie, you were mentioning just at the end of what you were saying there about you know responding, about adding a little bit of humor and not taking yourself too seriously, right? And just enjoying life. And I think that you know, overcoming adversity, it's hard, right? Mm-hmm. But I, I, and for anybody on the listening to this today, what you're going through is difficult. It's challenging, and. For me, this is just one thing that I did on my journey. I, I, whatever you believe doesn't matter. I prayed. Maybe you're spiritual, maybe you're not. I, I prayed that I would be able to choose the harder right instead of the easier wrong, as it says in the cadet prayer at West Point. It says, "Lord, help us to never be content with a half truth when the whole truth can be won, and make us choose the harder right instead of the easier wrong." It's harder to overcome obstacles. It's hard to be resilient. It's easier to allow ourselves to be the product of our circumstances. It's easier to allow our, our businesses to be the, be a product of the market. Obviously, the market is going to impact every business, but like the, the, current, the current state of, of things in our country, whatever it is, COVID or, or anything else, I prayed to God that I would be able to choose that harder right instead of the easier wrong. Choose the harder right to, of getting, that would help me get to Michigan. Right. Because yeah. it, it, I don't want to say it's easy to allow yourself to be the product of our circumstances, but it's easier. It's hard to overcome. So I just I encourage everyone listening to choose that harder right over the easier wrong. Um, and yeah, just just find a way, find a way. And using your inner drive to just get through things, I think, is is really more than anything that the the huge key message that you bring. Well, thank you so much, Austin. I loved every minute of this. And thanks for sharing where people can find you. And definitely thank you everyone for listening in today. We're here every Monday and Wednesday with incredible leaders, uh, founders, CEOs, incredible stories that really hopefully inspire and help you to figure out how to build grit and resilience and know how to do things. And really, more than anything, if you get a chance, please uh, rate the podcast, definitely the overall podcast, five stars and Austin five stars. You were incredible. Your story is incredible. And uh, definitely hope that you all get a chance to follow me on social at Kara Golden with an I. I'm on all platforms. And Thank you, everyone. Have a great rest of the week. Thanks, Austin. Thank you, Kara. Appreciate it. Before we sign off, I want to talk to you about fear. People like to talk about fearless leaders, but achieving big goals isn't about fearlessness. Successful leaders recognize their fears and decide to deal with them head on in order to move forward. This is where my new book, Undaunted, comes in. This book is designed for anyone who wants to succeed in the face of fear, overcome doubts, and live a little undaunted. Order your copy today at undauntedthebook.com and learn how to look your doubts and doubters in the eye and achieve your dreams. For a limited time, you'll also receive a free case of Hint Water. 
Do you have a question for me or want to nominate an innovator to spotlight? Send me a tweet at Kara Golden and let me know. And if you like what you heard, please leave me a review on Apple Podcasts. You can also follow along with me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn at Kara Golden. Kara Golden. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.